So this is how it's different from last year, pretty considerably. It included an increase in funding to public education to cover any cost of the program. Right. So it ensured, without a doubt, no arguments to be made about it, that it would not cost any money. It wouldn't take away any money at all from the current funding level of Colgate. Welcome to Thinking on Lincoln, the podcast on 13th and Lincoln, talking about things on 23rd and Lincoln. I'm your co, your host, Curtis Shelton, joined with my co-host, Ryan Haney, and our producer, Lindsay McSperian. We are back in the office, no guests this week. Uh, good to see you again, Ryan. Likewise. Well, I mean, I see you every day, so. That's true. Almost every day. Just about. Those work it's from home days every once you. in a while. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything, do you want to just jump in or anything going on uh, in your yeah. personal life? Anything fun happening? Well, so, you know, this week there was a fun case at the, at the United States Supreme Court. Um, mm-hmm. That The only reason I bring it up, because we don't normally talk about Supreme Court cases, mm-hmm. especially before they're decided, um, but there was an interesting case uh, dealing with uh, Section 230, if people, are, if, if people are... Remind me. Yeah, so uh, Section 230, and, and I'm not an... I don't claim to be an expert on Section 230. Um, it's one of those things where I always understand it really well when I'm researching it, and then I forget everything I, I, I just read. 10 minutes later. Um, but basically it's a, it's a law that protects, um, uh, content providers like online content providers like YouTube and Facebook that, that host content, right? Like, right. Like a I platform mean, well, for, kind of, yeah. And, the, and the, you know, for instance, like Apple podcast is a platform that mm-hmm. is protected by section 230, right? Because if you and I go on, on our podcast and, and let's say we like to fame somebody, we start yeah. talking mess about, you know, I don't know, uh, Jonathan Small. Um, well, not only can he fire us, um, but mm-hmm. he can also like sue us for defamation. But he can't sue Apple Podcast or Spotify or any of the other platforms that host our content, right? Because like they're they're just a host, right? And so, I'd ima- so I'm imagining people don't love the ability not to be able to do that right now. In yes, age. yeah. And so um, th- this case was called Gonzalez versus Google, which you know Google owns YouTube. And this was, and the case was about whether or not Section Two Thirty protects them uh, with respect to like the algorithm that recommends content. And mm-hmm. I don't want to get into like the underlying facts of the case because they actually don't have, in my opinion, much to do with the actual issue at hand, and they're kind of gnarly. Um, but people can look that those up if they want. But you know, the funny thing was, so we signed on to a brief as OCPA that was filed by the um, Center for Growth and Opportunity. Uh, which was basically making the argument that YouTube and, and Google by you know, their ownership are protected by Section 230 um, uh, with respect to the algorithm. And it's just funny to me because I, you know, there, are, there are a lot of opinions on both sides of the aisle on, on this kind of stuff. And it's funny that it's one of those areas where a lot of people tend to agree, but I don't, I don't think that's a good, that's a good thing. So like you know, Senator Josh Hawley filed a brief against Google as did Ted Cruz. Um, a friend of mine who actually works up at the Supreme Court um, said that he felt like Ted Cruz's was really just kind of like a posturing one. It's like he must have said big big tech like a gazillion times right. in it and it's just like kind of right. um, playing to the, to the which masses. Is, which is sad because the man was was he in? A, was he this the solicitor general? Like I mean, like I I think he was under should under, understand the law probably yeah. well enough to know. Yeah, and on. I and I'm sure he does right, right. and that's the, that's the thing. 
Um, but in any event, we had signed on to a brief, and so we were kind of paying attention to it. And, um, you know, it's just kind of interesting because uh, a lot of people feel like the algorithms are, like, designed to push, like, biased content or whatever, mm -hmm. which I find hilarious because I'm a big-time YouTube user. Like, I use it all the time. I, I go down, like, YouTube rabbit holes, and it's... It, it doesn't. I mean, I'll look up and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's two o'clock in the morning. I just watched. Because like, you know, I mean, you think yeah. like, oh, it's just a 10 or 15 minute video, but you start stacking 10 or 15, 20 minute videos. And before you know it, you sat there and watched videos for 22 hours. Now, <laughs> that's problematic, but that's a problem with me, not with YouTube, right? Um, and so, but, but the funny thing is, is that I look at my own recommendations on YouTube and it's like they've curated a bunch of right-wing stuff yeah. for me, right? So it's like a bunch of – Have you ever cleared the history ever? I do that like probably every like handful of months. That's and not it's, a bad idea. It kind of sucks though because then you – it's every time I've done it, it's just you get recommended like NBC videos. It's always like mass shooting thing. It's it's the most clickbaity clickbait videos. Oh, is that right? And then you have to like – I start searching intentionally like oh, a few yeah. different things I used to watch just to clear that out real quick because it's a nightmare once you do it honestly. It's yeah. kind of nice once the, the recommendations You're like, cat weird, videos. I need cat yeah, videos. Yeah, it's nothing but like that, like generic, like clickbaity, 20 million viewed videos. No, I've never done that. I'm kind of intrigued, but but what I always think is interesting is when there's something I haven't seen for a while, but then it comes back around like, oh, hey, you know, like YouTube is basically saying like, hey, you used to watch a lot of this content. You want to, you want to, mm. you want to try again? Um, but like, you know, it, it. It sends, you know, it recommends new music that it thinks I might like based on like the stuff that I've already watched. Um, I have a ton of like Mises Institute stuff in in the you know in the queue, and mm -hmm. basically they've they've identified that I I like to watch that kind of content. Um, you know, it, like, and on Facebook, like uh, the Center for Growth and Opportunity that we, you know that filed the brief that we signed on to talked about how on Facebook, you know, for all the you know, backlash or whatever Facebook gets from the right, like Ben Shapiro dominates Facebook. Like it's not even close. Mm. And is it like Dan Bonagino? I, I don't know if I know that. I name. don't know him as well. Everybody knows Shapiro. Lindsay probably does. Yeah. She's uh, <laughs> is that how you say his name? Bongino. Bongino. Lindsay's plugged like, into the far right. Apparently, apparently like Shapiro and Bongino like dominate Facebook. Um, so, you know, look like those companies don't, I mean, you know, they don't do everything right. Um, but these algorithms, I think, are good. I think they're good for us. Um, I like the fact that I can find, you know, a, a lecture by, you know, a lecture by Jordan Peterson that maybe not wasn't on my radar at the time, uh, but because of other content that I've watched, sort of gets recommended to me, and then I'm like, oh, that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I get a lot of Joe Rogan uh, episodes or like clips uh, suggested because I, I I like watching. I I do. I do not like watching the full three hours. Of course, now you can't mm -hmm. do that because they're all on Spotify. Right. But um, like I do like watching the clips. clips. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. can just watch those all day. See, that's why I always end up clearing it because I'll watch a couple clips or like I'll, there's an episode that I like. So I'll uh -huh. watch a few videos and all of a sudden I'm flooded with Joe Rogan stuff for the next three weeks. Yeah, but if you quit it, man, like if you quit, like it's, it's, it's hard though. That's why I, I can't help myself. That's why <laughs> I don't have social media because I, I know myself. I can't help myself. You have an addictive no. personality? I'm very confident, yes. Okay. Um, I think I told you this story. So you're telling me I can't sue Google. The other day I Googled high-calorie healthy snacks. <laughs> the recommended link to look at was tobacco. It was dip. I can't, I can't sue them for that. Mm. For that absurd suggestion that a healthy well, snack we'll is, see, to, we'll see how it comes is out. to get on the, I mean, maybe you can. The dip. But, of course, here's the reality is like, I mean, 
if if Section 230 doesn't protect their ability to do that, we're all back to the drawing board of like, well, now I have to know what kind of content I want to watch. And there's something valuable to that. I've seen people say like, don't you don't utilize their algorithms because they're sort of designed to, you know, do bad things or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you know, for instance, you know, if you if you do watch a lot of like say you know Ben Shapiro or whatever content, like you're probably going to get more and more uh, extreme clips recommended for you, like things that will like uh, play with your emotions, right? right? Because that's what that's how they keep you watching. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's, it's also like, just the general crowd, right? Like you now get funneled into a certain group of people, and there yeah. are certain people in that group who are going to be a little crazier. So they're going to try to catch those people with those videos, right? So you're going to mm. still be exposed to that at the same time, and then all of a sudden you're now getting filtered farther and farther down in a certain. Yeah, but it struck me as like, here's how we go after a deep pocketed defendant, sure. right? right. Um, uh, anyhow. So that, that happened. Matter, that was kind of yeah. Sue the computer companies for allowing you to access the internet, right? Like, uh, yeah. Why basically. not sue Dell, sue Apple? Well, I mean, and you know, uh, there's 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 a revenue stream there too for them, right? Like, if they keep you watching, they make more money on ads. Mm-hmm. Same with like Facebook and, and other platforms. Um, so you know, I think we could get to the point where. We are where, where we now have to like pay for those things, you know. Like mm-hmm. you subscription know. service might be making a comeback. Uh, I think Maybe. I think that's possible. You know, where like okay, you've basically you've basically handicapped these social media companies to the point where they can like, and nothing's free. I, so I'm I'm always quick to say like Facebook is not free. It just doesn't cost money, right? right. Like. Your information is is being used and, and you know is taken and used, and of course there's ways that you can you know you can adjust it and all that sort of stuff. Um, and there needs there needs to be more like I think I think there do need to be more privacy laws and whatnot. But mm-hmm. um, but Congress does not seem to want to get its act together to do that. But, but the point is you know even like as an organization, OCPA uses those platforms all the time to reach a really big audience. Um, you know, so like you might write like a, like a banging article on tax reform, right? No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And, um, and our website gets a fair amount of traffic and people should absolutely add it to their favorites and check it every day and see what's new. But a lot of people just happen to see it in their social media feed, right? And mm-hmm. so they're like, Ooh, new article on, on tax reform by Shelton over there. I'm going to check that out. Um, and they see my stuff and they're like, <laughs> scroll, <Blame>. scroll, <laughs> report, spam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Block. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, that was an interesting thing that happened this week. I'm kind of watching that just because um, I was I was happy to be asked uh, for us to sign on to that and be able to weigh in a little bit on some of my own thoughts on, on what they were writing. Um, and so that was nice. Cool. Anything in your life? Nothing crazy. Nothing major. Just being married, yeah. Learn how that whole thing works. Pretty yeah. fun. Pretty. See you playing with your ring there. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I do it too. I drop it a lot. It's really. I dropped it today actually. That's uh, the reason I. And it bounced twenty feet away from me, and I freaked out. Well, that's the reason I can't have the silicone rings anymore. I love those, but because I constantly take rings off and like you know play with them, fidget with them. Uh, when I drop my metal ring, it makes a big loud right, noise. You know what happened to it? Uh, and when you drop the silicone ring, you never have any idea, and it's lost yeah, forever. That 
that's that would happen to me. I need to. Try I mean, they're also cheap. Need to buy a party I could just, pack for like I could 20. just buy another yeah. one, but I think I think it kind of irritates the wife <laughs> like that. I keep yeah. Mariah, quote, quote, losing money. My rings. wife is desperate to buy me a silicone ring because she thinks I'm for sure going to lose this one, which I've lost a handful of wallets with a lot of money in them before. So it's you've lost wallets before. I've lost like six. Oh my word! It's bad. Granted, I haven't lost one for a while. Last one I lost actually was on a date with my my now wife. Oh, w- uh, really? Yep. We were down in Bricktown, just hanging out. Did you blame her at first? Were yeah. You like, I did. did you steal my wallet? <laughs> no, I blamed her for distracting me because oh. I, I, we went to go like sit down on a bench after like eating or something just to talk. Yeah. And I hate sitting on my wallet, so I took it out of my pocket, set it next to me, got up, walked her to her well, car, that was dumb. cut a few minutes later, forgot. I, my, I don't mind saying I how realized, that was. Yeah, I realized. <laughs> As like we got to her car that I forgot it, so I run back. It's, it's gone. gone. And I thought about there's a couple of guys like standing around, and I thought about asking them, but I was like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna admit they stole my wallet. So I looked in a couple of trash cans just to like. See I mean, someone, like, technically, they didn't steal it; they found it. <laughs> I mean, that's true. right. They didn't rob me of. Yeah, they didn't. Rob yeah, me. that's true. That's fair. Yeah. Um, lost one in an airport once, which was a nightmare. That's a, anyways. We don't have to get into that. Whole so story. she was just so beautiful. Exactly. That- Yep. You couldn't so take your eyes off of her yep. and then stimulating conversations and I forgot it was there. Probably looking forward to that goodnight kiss. Not not focusing on the wallet. Exactly. I get it. Yeah. We've all been there. I just don't sit my wallet down. I know. On, I, places. I <laughs> on, on benches. <laughs> I can't help it. I, I do other dumb stuff, so yeah. it's all good. All right. Well, you want to talk about session, legislative session? Yeah. I think that's what people Let's want get to hear. Into it. I think so. Uh, for those who maybe don't know, session started uh, at the beginning of February, so yep. we're a few weeks in now. Yep. Um, things are moving, maybe a little bit faster. Sort of. Well, sure. Right? I mean, it doesn't feel to me like it's, we're three or uh, three weeks in. Does it to you? That's fair. No. Because I feel like there's been a few things that have just sucked all the air out of the room. Yeah. So like, I feel like this time last year, we, we had like a bunch of like really good, interesting bills, and it was like things were happening. And yeah. now it's like, I don't know. I mean, there's a bunch of like transgender adjacent bills, and that feels like all of it. I mean, with, in, until this week, until, until this week. That's, until that's the last. I guess it would. Maybe I'm just being biased over last week. Okay, fair enough. Stuff has fair happened. enough. I've that. also been around a little bit longer than you have. Uh, that's true. And I, I do think the last few set, basically since Stitt's been in office, I think that session has started off just a little bit quicker paced than it has in the past. Usually. When I started, the whole session was about the budget, which doesn't happen until May. So it was kind of just stuff was going on, blah blah mm, blah, little things here yeah, there until the end of it. Yeah, the, it does seem like the the pol- the, the policy ide- ideas move around a little bit more now. Yeah, than back then. Yeah. So so for the I mean for those who don't know, um, you know probably one of the bigger the bigger ticket items that everybody knows we're going to talk about is, uh, well I mean we're going to talk about all three school choice bills, but mm-hmm. but kind of what what made session feel like okay things are really moving now was the introduction of the house education plan that Speaker McCall rolled out last Thursday. Yes, that right? I think it was the press Thursday. conference, right? Yeah, so they had a press conference on Thursday. Did they and they voted it out that same day at a committee, they did. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they 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 had a press conference like in the morning or early afternoon. Yeah. Had a committee, uh, an appropriations committee that afternoon, and before the day was done, we knew what the proposal was, and it was moving to the floor. Mm-hmm. 
Now, for a while, we've known about the two school choice bills over in the Senate, right? Right. Those have been – I mean, they were filed. They've been discussed yeah. a handful of times, right? But they haven't actually moved anywhere, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Uh, that's correct. Yeah, they're, they're, still, they're, they're still awaiting a committee hearing. Mm-hmm. So um, you want to talk about those? You want to kind of just break down what they yeah, are? Yeah, sure. We can, do you want to do, want to do Senate first and then go to the yeah, House? Yeah let's, ta- yeah, let's just sort okay. of do it in, um, in order, Would I guess. you want to start with Senator Daniels' bill? Or? Yeah, I think that makes sense okay. because – They're pretty similar. Because they are similar. I yeah. think it's easier to highlight the differences with Senator Jett's bill. Yeah. Than, yeah. All right, so Senator Julie Daniels filed Senate Bill 822, I believe, is the bill number. It might be 882. I hope it's not. We'll put notes uh, in the link for the podcast, if not. Um, but 822 is the essentially the ESA bill. It would provide – it's very similar to what Senator Treat filed last year where it would create an account for parents. And in that account, whatever money would have been designated through the state's funding formula mm-hmm. would now be made available to the parents rather than going directly to the school district. And those parents could then use that for tuition, any kind of sort of ed- educational expense – um, they deem necessary for their kids. Right. That's the the main thrust of it. Yeah, it's there's it's also, universal. There's yeah, no, income, no caps. income caps, no geography um, caps. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's pretty mm-hmm. clean cut. And it included in it um, an increase. So this is how it's different from last year. Pretty considerably, it included an increase in funding to public education to cover any cost of the program. Right. So it ensured, without a doubt, no arguments to be made about it that it would not cost any money it wouldn't take away any money at all from the current funding level for Colbert. and that's because uh voters heard all summer long when the governor and ryan walters were campaigning and talking about you know school choice at every stop they kept hearing oh well this you know from people who who should know better but don't know better um that this was going to defund public schools this was going to defund rural schools whatever and so this was sort of as a, like a, a way to kind of cut off that argument. Right. It also, maybe this is too in the weeds, but to get the rural, the rural school focus, it also had a, a section in there that dealt specifically with rural schools or at least low population districts. Um, and it would essentially bump their funding through the formula. Okay, so cool. It would, it would tilt the formula a little bit to favor those sort of districts a little bit more than they do now. Okay. As well. That makes sense. Yep. I think that's, is that... Anything else that I yeah, missed? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think that that I think that that pretty much covers it. You know, we've been supportive of that bill from from day one, and uh, very much like it. Yeah. Um. But but we that's no surprise because we liked Senator Treat's bill last year. Yeah, it's it's very very similar to what was proposed last year. Now, one of the things he ended up making some changes that that were not in my mind uh, mm-hmm. great, and so she she took those out. You know, there were some income caps. There were some he exempted homeschoolers in, in his in the in the final bill that that ended up getting voted right. down in the Senate. Uh, so she put them back in. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good synopsis of yeah. of, of her. Do you want to give the. Uh... You're you're more familiar with the the other bill than oh, I am. Oh yeah, the the, the other bills the, the other bill is a lot more fun. Yes. Um. So the so Senator Jett's bill is essentially the same as Senator Daniels' bill as it pertains to counties uh, with certain populations. And the number on the, I don't know it off the top of my head. I think I heard him say that it would be a, it would be it would apply to like 55 of the 77 counties, something right, like yeah. that. Any county. Under 10,000. 10,000? Yeah. 
And the other thing is like if the way it was written was it was like you live or work in a county. So even if you lived in one of the smaller counties, if you worked in a bigger county, you could still avail yourself of the ESA. And um, but for the smaller counties that are not included, um, you know, according to, to Senator Jett, if they if there is evidence that you are indoctrinating students rather than educating students, mm -hmm. they're going to allow everyone in your county to then, or yeah, everyone in the county then to go ahead and and be included right, in, the, in the ESA. The ESA is now available to them. Right. To and so, like, there's all these triggers that would that could trigger the ability of a smaller county to be able to take advantage. And it's things like, um, you know, flaunting House Bill 1775, the, you know, the quote-unquote CRT bill, uh, violations of the law that was passed last year on transgender students using bathrooms not mm -hmm. in a line with their biological sex, uh, violations of the Save Women's Sports Act, um, and then just like a whole host of other just yeah. um, I think I've I've read somewhere that it mentions it mentions furries, furries. Yeah. it does Which, it says uh, you know if if the school or any volunteer or any any faculty member is engaged in anthropomorphic <laughs> activities commonly referred to as furries that's a sense. Uh, so yeah um, I I heard uh, from a reputable source on Twitter. Uh, but a reputable source, nonetheless, that it would be the first reference to furries in the Oklahoma <coughs> statutes. So um, progress, you know, that would be kind of awesome in and of itself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know what a furry is, I suggest I suggest you don't necessarily look. Don't it up. Google it. Um, it's a it's a new. But you could Google true. you could Google Beto as a furry, and I think you'd I think you'd be all right. Just, you'd be safe. Yeah. Um, yes, people that people that dress up as animals for uh, sexual purposes. Mm -hmm. I think there. I think there are probably some people that would say no, they're not all sexual purposes. Yeah, but I think what people commonly associate with right. is, uh, you know, it, it's got some it's some anime roots to it that may or may not be sexual uh, in nature, but it certainly leads itself that direction. Yeah, they're actually. You know, I I've done a little bit of digging into this, <laughs> and there is like a there is like a convention of Oklahoma furries every year. Um, they do like a big camp out, and I'm I'm, I'm sure it's I'm sure yeah. it's really interesting. Litter boxes provided. At the, oh gosh, I don't know. Uh, I guess if you're out in nature, if it's a camp out, you don't need that. But um, Anyhow, yeah, I mean, you know, it's got things like if you disparage the oil and gas industry or the ag industry. Interesting. Uh, there's wow. all kinds of triggers in there. So, um, you know, it's an interesting bill. Um, I think that, you know, if if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. It we're, certainly we started a conversation, didn't Yeah, it? I yeah. think it absolutely did. Um, because, you know, this is a conversation I've had with some people around here. Like, the reality is... Educational outcomes is not necessarily the primary uh, goal for every parent when it comes to making decisions on educating their kids. I mean, this is sad to say, um, and it, it, it breaks this dad's heart, but like a lot of families, their number one priority when choosing education system for their kids is safety. Mm, right? right? Like, And that can mean a number of different things, right? Like they live in a high crime area. And they don't feel like the school takes the proper precautions to keep their kids safe from, from like, crime in, in that neighborhood. Or it could be bullying, mm -hmm. right? I mean, like, uh, they feel like their kid is getting, you know, picked on. Um, it, it could be sort of, like, bullying, but more, like, from a, like a psychological or emotional standpoint. 
Um, I mean, that's that's actually huge. And then, of course, the last couple of years, just being open has been a big part of it, right? Yeah, so it's certainly. like, you know, I mean, maybe this school isn't as good, uh, all things being equal, but all things are not equal, and they're open, and my school is not open. Uh, right. So that's a big deal, too, to people. So, you know, I mean, I, I uh, like I said, if if this is what it takes for pe- for people to get on board uh, with giving kids options, then that's what it takes, and and we're good with that. Yeah, I I would agree. Uh, should we move on to the house bill? Give yeah, I think so. Here. I because it because it's totally different. Yeah, I've actually had a few people recently, some friends, just text me like, "Hey, what's this?" I, it, this session has been kind of fun because maybe it's because my friends are a little bit older now. Yeah, trying to have kids and or they're just more interested in stuff. I've gotten yeah. a lot more questions just in general about like what's going on with the Capitol. It's <laughs> been kind of fun. I actually got a text today about the house bill just like oh, what, hey what's there. going on there oh um did you tell them to, to tune into the podcast i did i literally i was like <laughs> we're just about to record uh i did answer his question though i didn't make him wait oh um, well i didn't give him all the deets though so okay. still listen. uh but the house bill so house bill 2775 um well now it's two that's two excuse so, me there, yeah. there's there's two essentially accompanying bills where they both have to pass for them both to be that's right they're, law, they're tied it's yeah. a, it's I mean, I think you could you could call it a poison pill. That's got kind of a negative connotation. Right. I don't think it's thought of that way. Maybe a package. It's a package deal. I think that's that kind of what it is. It's like if you want one, you got to have the other. Right. And I think people will understand once you explain yeah. it. Yeah. So the the school choice portion of it is a tax credit. Yep. Um, the other bill is House Bill nineteen thirty five. I think that's right. Um, if people want to look those up, so the tax credit side of it, the school choice side of it, it would provide a new tax credit. Of five thousand dollars, again, no income caps, no qualifiers on there. Everybody's entitled to this tax credit for any educational expense, tuition that they they incur. The important thing to note about this tax credit is is refundable. Which yeah, I and, know and the five thousand is for private school. Private school, yes, yeah, and it provides twenty five hundred for homeschool. Right. Um, the refundable portion of this tax credit is yeah, super is important to understand. I think the word can be misleading a little bit. Um, essentially what that means is... Yeah, it doesn't make any sense as a word. Yeah, I think it should... Rebate, to me, makes more okay, sense than I refund. Like that. Um, I don't know if that's... Again, that might not be technical. No, true. I don't think that's... I, you yeah. Because so? isn't a rebate based on something you've already bought? Yes, but that's kind, that can be... that. Anyways, we won't... Yeah, let's not hash that out here. Yeah, so <laughs> what a refundable tax credit means, it's very similar to the EITC, the Earned Income Tax Credit, is that even if you do not have $5,000 in tax liability, you are entitled to the first the full $5,000 of the tax credit, mm-hmm. meaning that it's this is not just for high-income earners. Even right. if you don't owe a dime in taxes, you will still get a $5,000 check from the state of Oklahoma for any tuition. For private school, for private school tuition. tuition. Um, super important. So that's the tax credit side of things. Yeah. Um, the other bill is essentially the funding mechanism tied to this. Hey, can I, can I, can I just highlight one Absolutely. kind of distinction there that I think is critical? And I think you, I think it was you and I that were talking about this earlier. Um, but you know, there's trade-offs, right? And so, mm-hmm. for instance, this bill, one of the things I like about it is that it is, it's just a, it's just five thousand dollars. Yep. Like it, it's, it's every, you know, everyone will get the same amount. Uh, on the other hand, um, on the on the Senate side, mm-hmm. it's based on the funding formula. Right. Which means that not every kid gets the same amount. It's based on where do you live? What would the what what would the public school kids in your in you your complicated in your district get per right. pupil? How old is the kid? Are there any special ways exactly. attached to that child? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's in my mind just a little more complicated. And not that that's a bad thing per se, 
But I just think it's a little easier to explain to people because, well, you know this because you have to explain the funding formula all the time. People look at you like you have five heads. That's true. And I do do think you have five brains. (laughs) Um, But, but, you know, I mean, it's complicated. And whereas the house plan, by contrast, so I, I think, I think if, if a student, I think public schools should feel a pain point when they lose kids to other schools. Because I think that's how competition works, right? Like right. when, you know, if if I decide that Walmart is not, let's just say, yeah, let's just say like Walmart's not, Walmart and Target are not doing what I, you know, they're not providing the level of quality and service and price point that I like, so I go to Aldi, right? Right. I mean, those other grocery stores feel the pain point, I mean, ish. I mean, like if enough people do it, we're talking about economies of scale there. Right. But, you know... If 20 families decide, hey, you know what, this school is not serving my, our kids and we're going to go start a new school or we're all going to this other school or we're going to start a micro school mm-hmm. or we're going to start a homeschool co-op. I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, nowadays it's just the, it, the options are endless. Um, I think that school should feel the pain of that because 20 kids just left, like per, per people funding just shot up. Right. Um, and yet they haven't been forced to address why all those families left. So the House bill doesn't do that, whereas the Senate bill kind of does. Right, correct. And so that, that – but the, on the flip side, it's really easy to explain $5,000 and $2,500, right? Like that's right. super easy to explain. You don't have to go cut. into like, well, it depends on the funding formula right. and all of that. And it does so make that it is, simpler even for parents, right? Like yeah, you probably don't know off the top of your head, right? Like how much you're no doubt. Get. No doubt. The formula, but if you know it's 5000 you know what I mean? Like, what schools can I afford if you're comparing prices yeah. to certain things? That does make it make it much easier to shop around. I hadn't thought about At that. At least for the first year. Obviously, yeah, saying that's kind of a new thought for me as well. But obviously, once you've used it once, you're going to know. But this podcast helps us flesh out ideas. Okay. We're thinking. thinking yeah, around. that's right. Um, despite despite the accusations. Uh <laughs> Yeah, no, so I, you know, it's just trade-offs, right? I mean, again, it doesn't necessarily make one worse or better off than the other. It's just, you know, one uh, one is a complicated formula, but it, there's a pain point there for for other schools. And then the other one, it's really easy to figure out the amount, uh, but there's no, you know, there's no incentive there to really cause a lot of competition mm-hmm. uh, with the government schools. So right. that's at least I think short term. I think long term. I agree that. that I think incentive will will be there. I think there's going to be a taste for more of this. Right. We'll, we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think people will start to. I mean, inevitably there are going to be some people who are going to try this, and they're going to go back. Right. And that's fine. Which that's really yeah, cool. That, again, who that, cares? I don't care. I can't emphasize this enough. We get accused of demonizing public schools all the time. Uh, yeah. There's some crappy stuff that goes on in public schools. No Without doubt. doubt. We try to expose that. There's crappy stuff that goes on in private schools. Exactly. Too. But at the same time, if if a child or a parent is like, I want to stay or I want to go back to public school, I have no problem with that. Me neither. Do what you want to do. Hundred percent. That's great. Yeah, and then there's gonna, you know, but I think that there's, I think that's gonna grow. I think people are gonna find out like, oh yeah, well my neighbor, they decided to take their kid out and. He's thriving over in, you know, whatever school opened up down the street. And you might get some real enterprising parents who have some really interesting ideas. And they've been taken with their school board for 20 years and their school board is not listening to them. Like, you know what? Let's try this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I was on a panel not too long ago where somebody talked about how these private schools pop up and then they go away. And something like 20% of like new private schools that pop up because of a school choice program end up shutter, shuttering their door or shutting their doors. 
And this was like basically posited as a bad thing. And I'm like, man, that is not a bug. That is a feature. That means that if, like, it doesn't matter how poorly a public school performs, they're not shutting down. Right. Um, private schools do shut down because if they don't serve their constituents, their family, the families that, that choose to go there, then they dry up and they have to close their doors. And that's a good thing. Right. They're not pulling the rug out from somebody and just closing while serving students, right? Exactly. It's they, they pulled the plug because they don't have the funding anymore because no one wants to go there. Right. And that's a good thing. Right. Um, I don't. I don't want bad private schools. I don't want bad charter schools. I don't want bad public schools. That's the. That's the reality. Like, I think if they're all forced to compete, rising tide lifts all boats. Right. I think we've heard that this week. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, I wanted. Yeah. I wanted to highlight the, no. the differences in the in the amount because I think that that is probably one of the key distinctions. Absolutely. Yeah. But go ahead. There's yeah, there, there's right. more. The, the other one, the other bill, I suppose, the other side of this is pretty straightforward, pretty simple. It is a five hundred million or half a billion dollar increase to public education funding directly to public education. Um, there's a handful of ca- caveats to it where $50 million is essentially directed towards rural schools. It's going to the, the Red, Red Bud, Bud Fund. Fund. Yeah. Um, there's also a built-in $2,500 across the board pay raise for all teachers included in that. And then the rest of the money... It's not a raise, Curtis. You're right. I'm just kidding. It's, yeah, totally, it's totally a raise. It's 100% raise. You're getting more money. Yeah. Um, there are people on Twitter who don't think it's a raise, but yeah. they're stupid. <laughs> I, I will not comment on the Twitter population. Uh, the rest of that money is essentially discretionary money that the schools can spend how they they want, um, which is important to know that because I think some people, I've I've seen some arguments where the pay raise is unfair to non-teaching employees. Well, that's why all this discretionary funding is there yep. for you to use as Give you wish, and you can provide it for them. Yep, that's right. Yep. So. That's what that portion is. So essentially the tax credit bill is tied to this funding bill where if the tax credit passes, you also have to pass a $500 million increase to public ed. Well, okay. So I don't know that they have to pass the dollar amount increase. Right. They've got right, to pass right. the other bill. These bills but, can very well change as we keep yeah. moving through session. I mean, I think – I'm always – I mean, there's probably a guarantee they will change in some way. Yeah. And of course, um, I think from our perspective, um, when you've got a $1 billion surplus in revenue – we sort of already expect a you know common ed to get a big chunk of that. Mm-hmm. It just seems to be yep. how I mean, the, history, you know history the governor proposed to pay increase to teachers. Superintendent, superintendent did as well. So the likelihood of that happening was pretty high. Already. Yeah, some lawmakers have been talking about that. So, so now that but now all of that that increase in funding is now tied to a school choice bill, which is in my mind a good thing. I would agree. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I figured you would. <laughs> all right, um, but yeah, I mean. You know, that that has been a lot of the last week. Um, you know, that was voted off of the House floor, 75-25, almost a straight party line vote, which I've been saying for a while. People say, oh, man, this this voucher issue, which, you know, we, we could talk a little about the voucher versus, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the terminology wars, which are, are funny and stupid at the same time. Uh, you know, these the problem with this, this voucher thing is it's a rural versus urban thing. And I'm like, really? Because all the urban Democrats vote against it. I think it's a Republican versus Democrat thing. It's on the party platform at the at the uh, state level and at the nas- national level. So, you know, I'm not buying the rural versus urban thing one bit because every urban Democrat voted against it. Right. So, so you think that would be telling? 
in some respects. You would think. Yeah, it is telling. So there were only four Republicans that defected from, you know, something that's on the party platform, which is actually not bad. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not saying we should go burn down their house or anything like that. No. This agreement like, is like okay. Literally not saying that. Um, like, not like cryptically saying that you should do that. Um, um, literally not saying that. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is, and you can't get them all. Um, but yeah, that was a, a good win, I think. Um, and so now we'll see. I think people want to know well, so what now? Now you've got a, a, a tax credit that has passed out of the House and is being sent across the rotunda to the Senate. You've got two Senate bills, neither of which have received a hearing yet. What happens next? And I think the answer is, who knows? Right, yeah. You know, I mean, the uh, the two Senate bills could sort of be combined and then sent over to the to the House. They could both be sent over to the House. One of them could be sent over, you know, that they could just decide as a caucus which one they want to run, and they could be sent to the House. Um, you know, or it, technically, you could get voted down in, in the Senate. And they, you know, they just... They or, just steal or the or House they, bill. Or the, yeah, or they could just decide, like, hey, you know... We kind of like this House bill, and we're just going to deal with that. And you know, thank you, Senators Daniels and Jet, for putting this together, and we appreciate your efforts. But we're just going to do this, and they could do that. Um, or you know, nothing could happen for a while, and this could all come back up again in May during budget discussions, which I know is like your favorite part of session. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we don't we don't know. There's no telling. Who? I mean, I don't know. Right. So, I mean, it's it. You're playing. A risky game trying to predict what's going to happen during session. That is true. I mean, there are a few sure bets, but they're few and far between. They are, yeah. Uh, well, anything else happened that was interesting or of note? You know, so that's what far? I was saying at the beginning. Like, I mean, there were, you know, we've had we've had bills that prevent drag shows. We've had bills that, um, oh, what were some of the other ones? Prevent some. Uh, oh some yeah, health some health related healthcare related. Yeah, that you know basically prevent uh, what the media would call gender affirming care to minors. Um, you know, I mean, there's just been a bunch of a bunch of that stuff, and it just fe it feel like I mean, I think we'll look back on the 2023 legislative session and probably call it like the transgender session or something like that, um, because it just seems to be it seems to be the thing that it, it, we've had. I think I somebody somebody counted it up. I mean, it's like thirty-eight bills that are really? about that. Yeah, goodness. And so you know, not all of them have not all of them have got a hearing, and some of them are the same and all that sort of stuff. But it just feels like it it's it's sucking a lot of the air out of the out of the Capitol right now. Um, and so you know, not that I you know not that I'm opposed to doing some things on that, but I, I hope that we can get some some tax cuts. That'd be nice. There has been. Obviously, we're gonna have to wait till the end of session for a lot of that stuff to get negotiated right. out. But yep. but it does seem like there's a desire. There was at least one bill I know at least move out of committee. That was oh, a good um, representative of the pack had a an income tax cut bill that's aimed at reducing the rate from basically two, two percentage points um, over a set number of years. It's a revenue trigger bill. Oh, good. So we, you hit certain That'd revenue targets. You cut the bill, cut the income tax rate steadily, which would be great. No yeah, no problem with that. Um, we'll see what happens. Obviously, it, it, it just got out of committee, so okay, long way to go. But um, I think there was a, bit, you know, uh, we uh, we raised cane last year over um, you know a bill that was going to take us back from the uh, defined mm -hmm. contribution plan back to a pension plan, a defined benefit plan, and if we we did a whole episode on that. So I mean, if that if those terms are like what. You probably just need to go back and listen to that episode, um, and and 
And if you don't know, you know, you can email us and say, hey, what episode are you talking about? But anyhow, you know, we, we fought tooth and nail uh, to make sure that we didn't just like roll back the clock on pension reforms that were so necessary, you know, back yeah, in. And the, have been very successful in yes, fixing the, yeah. the pension system. Yeah, so that's been proposed yet again, and I think has moved out of committee. Um, you know, if it, you know, should it should it move out of the house? I'm sure we'll, you know, raise Kane again about that. Um, uh, but you know, it's 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 it feels like it hasn't been all that like not all that much has gone on in three weeks. But you know, it probably has, and it just doesn't feel that way. But uh, yeah, I'd love to get some you know some good CJR stuff. Um, would love to see some judicial reform taking place, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd say so far it's been it's a relatively optimistic session, I would say so far. Yeah, I think so. I think things have been positive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for us. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's a lot of people that are pissed. <laughs> I don't that, care. That, it's, yeah, it's going to happen every session. I will see. Once out going to be. This is going to sound callous to a lot of people and I don't care. Um, <laughs> but you know, again, I'm, 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 I'm probably more like agnostic on a lot of these like trans bills. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I did see that somebody, uh, who was like a lobbyist for like, a, for like left wing, for like left wingery, uh, said that, you know, I, I'm, I'm moving. Oklahoma is no longer safe for my kids, which is like, of course is hyperbolic nonsense, but Hey, that's what it takes for her to move. <laughs> I feel like it was worth it. Um, so like, you know, that's the thing I, you know, it's again, it's, that sounds not sensitive or mean or whatever, but man, like that's, that's the beauty of the United States, right? Like we're laboratories of democracy. Sure. We don't all need to be, um, governed the same. You know, there is an interesting, and you're not on Twitter, so you would, you would know this. There is kind of an interesting debate going on. And, and so there's a debate that has been going on about secession. Really? But in like wonky circles, mostly mm -hmm. like wonky libertarian circles. Right. But then, like I think it was earlier this week. Um, oh, is it Marjorie Taylor Greene? Is that her name? I believe so. Lindsay would know. Lindsay, is it is it Marjorie Taylor Greene? Okay. Well, anyhow, Taylor whatever Green. whatever her name is, I knew I got. I knew I was Taylor Greene, but I can't remember. She, her first she name. become the Twitters. Uh, I I don't know. I don't follow her, but okay. I think I think she tweeted out like at the beginning of the week or maybe over the weekend something like we need a national divorce. So it's funny because I've been kind of like, what about the kids? I've been like, oh my god, <laughs> that's so funny. Oh gosh. Um, and so people were blowing up about it, right? It's like this has sparked like a much bigger conversation about mm -hmm. sort of secession and a national divorce. But it's funny because I've been following this sort of like fringe movement for a long time. Of course, like they've thought about it a lot more than she has. Um, and so with that, honestly, I think that would make kind of an, for an interesting uh, podcast at some point in the near mm. future, because um, I'm not like a proponent of it. I'm just sort of like, I think the ideas are interesting. I, I do. I do. I have always subscribed to the fact that we don't need to be governed the same, right? Like right. there's no need why we need like a central government in Washington, D.C. telling every state how they have to do everything, right? Like I think we should be allowed to do things differently. And, you know, if some states want to do things differently than what I would prefer, that's cool. Yeah, like, I think that's how, I mean, that's how we were intended to be set up, right? 100%. Like, that's what the founders at least anticipated us doing, although we've obviously changed things quite a bit. Yes, and so I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, I mean, Oklahoma doesn't do everything that I think, you know, it, it, there are other states that do some things better than Oklahoma, I think. Um, 
And if I, and if and if it turns out that I care enough about it, if I felt like that chasm was was big enough, I might move to Florida or Arizona, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, like I'm, it doesn't bother. And me. likewise, like, if someone's got crazy taxes, like that doesn't upset me. No. You know. Yeah, it doesn't Do affect you me. Want. You know, but if somebody if somebody you know who has been complaining for years about sort of like uh, the sociology of our state politics and saying like what. What we need is not more tax cuts. What we need is investment in this or that. Well, look, you can go. You can go to California where they don't do tax cuts, and they do, and they fund all those crazy things that you think should be funded. You know, like that's your business. That's cool. Right. Got, go for it. Options. Northeast. Don't ask me to pay yeah. for it. That's all I'm asking. But you know, I'm the guy that thinks that like we should at least we should at least like experiment with like an anarcho-capitalist state so you know yeah that would be interesting <laughs> a succession discussion we could actually talk about lincoln it would May be fun on the podcast we could oh we yeah could, no people because every people yeah. always think we're about lincoln um, it's my favorite with guests who are always like so is this a podcast on abraham lincoln no we're no. not asking you to discuss your <laughs> opinions on the president right yeah no i think that'd be fun we could get some of these people that have thought like legitimately thought about this for a long time i think that could be good and not not only just for those who maybe are nerding out about this, but in general, with the the climate that we've experienced the last few years, I think the discussion of civil war has been just around a lot more. And I think just to to walk people through one, like what's actually kind of going on, uh-huh. are there actual serious thought out ideas about like what these sorts of things look like, or is it just the crazy saying, "Hey, well, we need"? To and I'm I'm interested in sort of like an amicable pitch. like. Right, nice that's to, like I mean. you yeah. go your way, I go my mine. Right. We don't need to fight a war over it. Um, right. You know, I'm not. It's, and again, I'm sort of agnostic on it. So, like, I'm not advocating one way or the other. But, but if we were to do it, I mean, that's how I would want to do it, right? Um, but anyhow, another thing, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the education bills quickly mm-hmm. because I do think it's important to talk about this. You and I talked about it today earlier. Um, you know, one of the things people say is, uh, hey, you know what, $5,000 is great, but it's not enough. Um, you know, the tax credit for school choice. You know, it's you know if the average is $6,500, which, by the way, includes, you know, skewing the average, there are some really outrageous uh, uh, sticker prices for, for private school tuition. But if the average is $6,500, $5,000 does not quite get you there. Now, that, it, that ignores the fact that there are, there are a bunch of people on the fringe, right? People that are like... Right. Man, we're close. We think we could get there, but we just can't get there yet. Well, now this pushes them over the edge. Now they can do it. Now they've been given the the tools to make that decision for themselves. Um, but on top of that, there are existing school choice programs like the Lindsay Nicole Henry Scholarship for students with special needs. Mm-hmm. There's the Equal Opportunity Scholarship, uh, which you know is in existence now. So the way I see it is, you know, um, if if the school is currently having to give out Let's just say they're three thousand dollars scholarships, and they've got to limit the number of kids that they can give them to. Well, now they've got the tax credit coming in, and now they can give out fifteen hundred dollar scholarships to twice as many people, right? Because they right. were doing thirty thousand. Now they cut it in half. It gets you to sixty five hundred, right? You know, assuming that they were at the average, yeah, right? But like, yeah. I'm just trying to use easy numbers here, right? But now twice as many kids get that that aid. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that's overblown a little bit. Um, I also don't think that it's necessary. Like, 
I think we should give parents a choice. I don't think we have to make it so that every parent can choose Cassidy or Heritage Hall or Casha Hall or Holland Hall. I mean, I'm just kind of going through the big Oklahoma sure. City and Tulsa, sure. uh, uh, you know, the, the high ticket uh, schools. Um, and, and But there are some that are sort of still out of reach, but are less than that, right? I mean, but we want we want people that have the option to to choose sort of like those middle those middle and frankly I mean like no shade against those schools but like even if I could afford them I'm not sure that I would pick them like, right. I just don't know that they're right for me because like I said I would earlier, imagine at least part of the the draw of that school is a little bit of the the social aspect right oh I for sure imagine. I mean I'm I'm not again no shade right. but I think for some of those for 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 a lot of that it's just sort of like, it's like the the status right and you know that's fine. Again, people have it's different value yeah, judgments, right? right? Oh, well, I feel like we've kind of uh, – we've talked a lot about that. I'm sure people will still have questions. They can email you with those questions if, yep. they, if they want. And I'm sure you'll be more than happy to answer them. Love to. Actually, I, I mean I mean, I mean that Not this really. time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as, as long as they don't, you know, call you a name and ask you why you want to just defund their local public school. Right. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, anything else to add before we let everybody letting everybody go as if they're in class before we sign off? No. All right. Take care, everybody.